Well, that went over really well. Good evening, everyone. It is <laughs> May 26, 2020. There is a plan to return to play in the National Hockey League, and we're here to talk about it. Welcome to Teal Town USA Live here on Teal Town USA on our YouTube channel alongside Eric Landy and AJ Strong. Good evening to you all. It's great to see you uh, back <laughs> so quickly. Uh, to be a part of the show, here's how you do it. If you want to join us in the chat, uh, you can hit us up on the YouTube chat on the page or the app. You can always follow us on the Twitter machine at TL10USA. You can also hit us up on the Instagram as well. And, and I hear there's a TikTok. Am I correct, AJ? Sure. <laughs> All right. With that, let's uh, get at it. The NHL... Well, mainly Gary Bettman uh, laid out the plans for a 24-team playoff uh, based on points percentage with, uh, with the, the top 12 teams based on points percentage getting in. Uh, AJ, what, what did you think of uh, this? We kind of knew this was coming, though. But uh, now that it's now we kind of see the actual plan, what do you think? I mean, it's a positive because something's happening something was announced i mean what what else can you do uh i would i would have liked to have seen them make a decision of if they were going to go seating or bracket i don't like that part being in limbo but yeah uh landy are you first off good evening good to see you again it's been a while uh <laughs> yes it has <laughs> my my thought is the top 12 and of course I'll, I'll throw my tinfoil hat into it that you know Montreal a big hockey market in Canada Chicago big hockey market down here they get in um what do, what did you take from it well um I think in general it was a very interesting way to complete the season um, definitely garnering some fan interest. I mean, of course, when you take uh, hockey away and don't give us, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup awarded during this, you know, weird season, you know, people are going to be clamoring for anything that they can get a hold of. But um, I thought it was kind of an inventive way to figure out this whole um, playoff situation. And it's unfortunate that the Sharks uh, do not qualify um, for this event, because it's going to be quite a quite a hoopla, you know, it's it's something new. It's something that that <clears throat> we have seen. I mean, it, the, the closest thing I could think of is similar formatting would be um, Canadian juniors. Right. Um, I feel like their Memorial Cup um, is similar in certain ways, especially with the round robin kind of a little bit expanded format. Um, so it's got some similarities uh, to the Canadian junior way of doing things. But, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that the Sharks just don't qualify for this because it, it is something unique. And, you know, I don't think we'll ever see this ever again. You know, this is going to be one of those once in a in a hundred year type things where they've got to, you know, put the Stanley Cup out there. Somebody's got to win it for this year. Um, and they ended up doing something very creative uh, to to award the uh, the big chalice, so to speak. How bad did you suck when they let in twenty four thirty one and you still don't make it? I hey man, I hear you, <laughs> dude. I, I you know the sharks picked a hell of a time to to bottom out 
especially with the collateral given up to Ottawa, which is just, you know, salt in the wound at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you, you have something. The, the NHL gives us something fun. And, of course, the Sharks have to take it away from us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, uh, and it sucks. I'm to just see. watching. I'm just. I'm laughing, watching Puck guy just struggle over here. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. All right. Well, let's. You might get want to, to fix the names, but yeah, yeah it's fine. We'll get to um, this. I like uh, the the. Okay, I guess we'll start in the east. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna. Uh, I was looking at the west, but go ahead. You already got the graphic up there. All right. So the eastern qualifiers are as this. Uh, Pittsburgh will play Montreal. Uh, five versus twelve. It's Carolina and the Rangers six through eleven. Brady Shea, how are you feeling about that one? Uh, a rematch uh, from a few years ago when the Islanders broke their playoff drought. Uh, they'll take on the Panthers, and the Leafs will get the Blue Jackets. Uh, the format for this for the qualifying round is a best of five playoff overtime, uh, which I I think is more than fairly decent in in, in this case. What do you what do you say, AJ? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention to the question. What? Oh, <laughs> what I say, what what do you think of these matchups, and and what do you, th- and, and do you like the best of five? Does it add a little more intensity since it's not a best of seven? Yeah, uh, you might want to scroll down in the comments, by the way, because there's a lot more stuff in there. But anyway, um, no, I li- I like that it's best of five because that means everything is much more intense. The We've seen it multiple times when a team will win the first two games of the se- or two games of a series, and then they might lose four straight, or you know, like the other team, they, it, they woke up. That's it's going to be a little more difficult to see that happen in this scenario. So I, I no, I like the best of five. Now that being said, out of these matchups, Pens versus Canadians, dude. If I'm the Pens, I'm like. Yikes! Like you got some healthy bodies back and everything, but uh, dude, if Price shows up and just steals a couple, <laughs> dude, how pissed off are you if you're a Pittsburgh fan? And from what I remember, there's a scotch of a goalie controversy happening right now in Pittsburgh. There's a few guys that are kind of like, yeah, Murray's great and all, but you know, we like Jari and and I forget the other kid's name, but there's there's some a uh, little bit going on there. Canes Rangers, I'm kind of hoping the Hurricanes are a little, uh, shall we say, cocky going into this one, and the Rangers take advantage of that. And again, you've got another interesting three-headed monster in net for New York. And, I mean, you could roll a different goalie every game on that. (laughs) You know, stay fresh. Uh, And then Panthers, Islanders, if the Islanders don't roll Florida, I don't know what the hell's going on. And the one that does seem to be the one you kind of go, Jesus Christ, flip a coin, leaves jackets, man. I, I don't know what way that that could go. That... I, would just, I would just go with Columbus because simply because their goaltenders have far more interesting names. <laughs> well, not, only, not only that, but you, know, you root for chaos, right? And, and if God, if, if, if Columbus bounces uh, Toronto in the first round of, of this thing, we're going to see some head rolls in, in Toronto, that's for sure. Um, but your first point on goaltending, you're you're absolutely right, AJ. The five game playoff format is really going to um, highlight whether you have goaltending or not, because 
you're not going to be able to hide behind a good offensive, um, you know, a good offensive showing, um, you know, because it, there are games where, especially in the playoffs, where we do see a, a lull, whether it's the, the home team or the away team, whatever, we do see kind of that clunker first game. Um, but, you know, an offensive show or a defensive showing um, really isn't going to help you all that much. It's going to be goaltender series, you know, throughout this entire playoff format. And, uh, you know, like you had said before, there are haves and have nots uh, in the NHL, especially when it comes to goaltending. And we're really going to see uh, those those storylines come to play. I mean, Columbus, we're going to see whether or not the um, the expulsion or the non-signing of Sergei Bobrovsky, if that's going to affect them in some way, um, you know, if their their rookie goaltenders are going to come and play. Um, you brought up New York, especially in the East with that that three headed monster that they have in goal. Um, which is very interesting. Hell, Carey Price has been able to, you know, shoulder the load of an entire playoff series. We saw it against Washington many years ago when he absolutely, um, you know, stole the show. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting the way that the individual games are going to shape up. Um, will we see maybe a little bit more, of a defensive style, you know, a, a team like a, um, like a, like a Columbus who does work hard uh, for all of their opportunities. Could they excel in this kind of a playoff format? Um, I, you know, I think honestly, especially with the layoff, I, I think it's going to be a lot more of a pick em style of, of March madness, so to speak um, type of tournament, because again, we have to, we think about fatigue or think about uh, the rust versus uh, layoff arguments. Um, you know, these guys haven't haven't been on ice in, you know, more than a month. So it, it will be very interesting. And I think you're absolutely right. Goaltending will be key to many of these matchups. Well, the other thing being, too, is the Leafs, last time I looked, if I remember correctly, they're like a, a plus 17 goal differential. Columbus is like minus seven and Columbus is like, 184, 187 against, whereas uh, Toronto is like 238, 4, and, and 2 something again lower. So it, Toronto can score. It's that can they keep it out, and then can Columbus score? So that, that I think would actually be a fun series to watch. And, and, and a little interesting twist. I think I mentioned to you guys in our. Uh in our dms uh pittsburgh actually has an option to keep their first round th this year if they lose to montreal that was of course in the zucker trade and the irony and we'll get to the draft lottery in, in a little bit but man th the funny thing if they get a 12 and a half percent chance to get the first overall pick uh but uh animal clans liam good to see you in here thank you for joining us wouldn't you guys be rooting for P pittsburgh for marlowe no <laughs> <laughs> It depends if they made it all the way to the final. It depends on okay if if it's Pittsburgh versus Golden Knights. Yes, I'm a I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Oh, other than that, other than that, no, oh. no, screw screw Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. Let's be some Marlowe, but uh, boy, it's I just have a really hard time rooting for that team. Yeah, no, I mean you're you're absolutely right. I think for ma the majority of Sharks fans, that's going to be whoever 
um, is playing against Vegas is going to be our favorite team. Um, you I'm know, they, team, they, I'm team Pavs right now. <laughs> yeah. Dallas, you know, that, that will be interesting too. Um, but you know, they, you see all the pot shot that they took on the California teams this afternoon, Vegas, uh, stay classy guys, stay classy. Dude, act like you've been in the that. league for more than three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so those were five through 12. Your top four seats are Boston, Tampa, Washington, and, um, and then the Flyers, apparently Photoshop decided to go awry. Uh, the top four teams will play a round robin uh, to decide their playoff seeding. So these aren't fully set. And in case of a tie in points, because they play with victories here, um, their ranking for points percentage will be the tiebreaker. And they will play the three on three regular season overtime and then a shootout if it's still tied. So Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly. Uh, I mean, Philly this, this came out of just... nowhere, so I think it, I, it it could be up for grabs. But man, if you're Boston, Landy, I mean, you got to be ticked that you don't have a number one seed <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it, yeah. But again, it's just gonna be, I, you know, it's just gonna be really fun. I, I I think that the the more that you look at it and you're you're like, okay, well. They had to figure out a way to even the playing field right across for for all the teams. You reward the teams that, of course, did well in the regular season. But because of uh, just the the out of control nature and and just the unfortunate timing of of when, um, you know, lockdown orders went into effect, uh, you had to strike a balance between rewarding the teams that were higher seeds and allowing for teams that had that outside chance to kind of come in and, and you have to kind of give them a fair shot at it too. So um, yeah, if you're Tampa or Boston, um, then you are kind of a little frustrated because for most of the year you had been at the top of the Eastern you know, standings, if not the NHL standings. And yet this is the way that you're rewarded. So um, I can definitely understand where Tampa Bay fans and where Boston fans could be a little ticked off by this, but you also have to balance that out with um, the remaining teams, um, and you can't give too much of an advantage to, to the regular season winners. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that this was the best compromise that you could come out with um, that, you know, served uh, one, it's a, it's a style and a bracket system that, really goes hand in hand with this four to six city hub city idea that the NHL wants to do. Um, you know, it also keeps um, the players who are interacting with each other, keeps them congregated together for longer periods, because we also have to think about um, exposure, right? We have to think about exposure within these contexts of, of the teams playing. So the more teams that you get exposed to the, the higher the risk of, you know, spreading, um, you know, uh, if somebody has a COVID positive um, test, you know, it's it's a it, that's a risk. Right. So you want to try and reduce um, as much uh, exposure as you can. But you also want to reward the, the teams that came in high during the season and, and rode, you know, really good records during the season. Um, but you also got to keep it fair for the underlings as well. So I think. Um, for me, at least, I'm just excited to see a new playoff style, a uh, new format. And um, again, you know, it's 
it's a double-edged sword because it's depressing to talk about because the Sharks aren't in it. But it's also very, very interesting just from a pure sports perspective of how exactly this thing is going to is gonna wrap up and how it's going to turn out. I think it, it could be um, one of those years where anybody could win it, and no matter what the seating is. I know earlier you said something about four to six cities. Bettman came out today and said there would just be two, one for just the two. east, one for the west. Okay. Yeah, no, that that makes more sense, especially because, um, you know, they they want to keep those um, exposures to the players very minimal. I mean, we were I think there was even some story about whether or not journalists would be allowed into the arenas to cover the games. Um, Of course, you're going to have a broadcast crew, but, you know, keeping all the ancillary uh people you know at a distance uh for this tournament right and they they are limiting uh team personnel to 50 staff members are going to try to keep it as little as possible aj's the top four in the east uh you know we i, I we see a lot of support for goody although uh alden tanaka our good friend alden what nobody's rooting for goody there's a reason behind that <laughs> yeah no nah. Uh, if you do remember, there's a pick involved, so I would like Tampa to be bounced as soon as possible. Uh, no, if I'm going to root for anybody in the top four, uh, you know, F the bees. Yep. Uh, I don't, I don't care about, uh, Philly. I got a couple of friends that are Flyers fans. Sorry. Uh, but no, I mean, I'll, I'll root for the caps simply because of Dylan. But again, I stated at the beginning until the stars are knocked out, I am team paths all the way. Uh, because again, hashtag team chaos. The cities <laughs> under consideration right now to be the two hubs are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, L.A. somehow. I mean, I know that has to do with hotels and all that stuff and what have you. Uh, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Now, from what I've seen, but it's all speculative, speculative BS, um, I think they said that Columbus and I want to say I've seen Dallas – have to kind of like the the inline into this so far, but I don't believe any of that until they make an announcement. I'm still shocked that LA is in there. Yeah, but that that makes either no sense. way. Um, well, either way, if they go with, I mean, I guess if you use Chicago as your eastern city, then you can't. You know, if you're a Hawks fan, you can't sit there and boom, or you know, or if you're a um, an Oilers fan, you're not. You can't sit there and bemoan it. But then again. Uh, Edmonton is a hub city, uh, you know, candidate. Are fans going to bitch and piss and moan that it's a, well, wait a minute. That's basically like home ice, you know? So that's why I'm saying it out of these ones that you have here. I mean, (laughs) Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver, out of the 11 cities, 10 of them have teams that are in these playoffs. So somebody is going to be upset because they're going to say home ice or whatever right but you know what there was no way that they were going to not piss off some you can't make everybody happy in this format just be happy that hockey is one step closer to being back right yeah no i i think you're you're absolutely right there uh aj and and i think the other thing too we have to think about is um is stay at home orders and quarantine orders in effect for canada uh, right now, they still have a 14-day quarantine period if you're going into anywhere in Canada. So the NHL would be subject to that unless they got a waiver 
Um, and I'm not sure how far up in Parliament they have to get that waiver. Um, but of course, that would be a, a political thing that they did have to navigate. So that's just one extra thing that kind of takes away from, um, you know, the hub city uh, or hub cities being in Canada. Um, so I don't foresee uh, Canada being involved in this um, just because of the regulatory concerns and, and, of course, the political concerns that they might have to navigate. I think the NHL wants to get this over with. They kind of just want, you know, this chapter to be done. Um, and, and, you know, the, the least amount of work that they can do to get this put through, I think, is is where they're going to go, the path, of le- the path of least resistance. Um, and then also, too, the thing that we have to think about with hub cities is, uh, containing the players and restricting access to hotels, um, making sure that there is enough room because it's going to be um, uh, it's going to be 12 teams congregating within one hub city. So there's got to be enough infrastructure around uh, to hold uh, teams in place, to hold all of those extra personnel that will be traveling with the teams. I think you said 50, Eric. So, you know, if we do a little bit of math here, 600. it's 600 people. Yeah. Exactly. And so you also have to navigate uh, cities that have, you know, turned over the majority of their hotel spacing to first responders. And, uh, you know, so you it's subject to availability there. There's a lot of moving pieces. Yep. And, and and so, you know, just to hear this glimmer of a playoff format is um, is, is good to hear because there's a lot that goes involved with restarting the campaign. Yeah, and it's going to take a lot. They also have to acquire uh, test kits because they want to test daily. Uh, speaking of daily, Bill Daly has said that uh, they are looking for an exemption for that. As you said, um, I, it's going to be tough to try to convince local officials to let them do that. So not something uh, I can't see them going to Canada unless they get that, and it's going to be highly doubtful on that. Moving onward, that so that's the east. In the west, your qualifiers are now set Edmonton, the fifth seed, who just missed out on the Pacific Division um, by three points, gets to take on Chicago. Uh, so McDavid versus the old Blackhawks uh, should be an interesting one there. The the Sun Belt series, as you I guess you would say, the uh, Predators and Desert Dogs, or as Jerk would say, my yotes. That's for you, Jerk. Uh, so that'll be hey, the blind. One. The blind nuts gotta find a uh, the uh, oh my god the blind squirrels gotta find a nut sometime. Use your words. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, Vancouver will take on Minnesota. Uh, a recap of a series back in two thousand three, which uh, to me I think that's the last time that they the Minnesota Wild won a series. Uh, no, I take that back. I think they had Colorado a couple of times, but it's been that long. It seems like for Minnesota, and then the first Canadian all matchup. Uh, in quite some time, Calgary versus Winnipeg, that should be a good one. So, uh, AJ, uh, those four setups, you get you get the uh, the big series that'll get cross-continent, Edmonton, Chicago. Canada gets excited about an all-Canadian series. Jerks, Desert Dogs are in. What do you think of the West qualifiers? I love it that it is basically an inversion of what the NHL has shoved down our throats for like the last decade or so, where the first two rounds were all in division. I love that every one of these matchups is Pacific versus Central. I don't know how the weird coincidence happened in that regard, but I like it. Uh, The Oilers, for me, should roll the Hawks. 
And if they don't, <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to hear Edmonton fans talking about that. The one that I do like, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in the bandwagon with, uh, with Jerkman. I'm going with the Yotes. I think that's there's an upset waiting to happen. Uh, Canucks should, should roll over the wild as far as I'm concerned with that talent. And Flames Jets, again, I go back to Leafs Jackets. I think that's a toss-up. We saw... Calgary get absolutely curb stomped last season in five versus Colorado when Calgary was like a heavy favorite because they were such a heavy physical team and they just got run out of the building. What Gaudreau, I think, had what all of two assists in five games. I'm not even sure if he had that many, but he was putrid a non-factor. Showing. Yeah, putrid showing. Yeah, so uh, that one you would say it should be the Flames, but uh, you know, I I think I would probably I might take the Jets in that in that one to be honest. I think hella buck could be the difference. Yeah, it, hella, it, <laughs> hella buck may not hella suck. Landy, uh, quickly, what do you think of the qualifiers? Oh no, I, I'm I'm excited. I I really have got that Calgary uh, Winnipeg series um, circled in my book. That's going to be a bloodbath um, and be very interesting to see those two teams go at it. Um, you know, Blackhawks and Oilers are intriguing only because. I root for chaos, and so seeing the Blackhawks upset uh, McJesus would would just kind of uh, you know that would, I think that that would be would be uh, good in my book. Uh, as far as the Yotes and um, the Predators are concerned, um, you know I think that that's going to be more of a toss up than most people would think going into it. I think a lot of people would pick the Predators over the Coyotes, but I think that there are enough pieces on the Coyotes. Um, and enough X factors that could swing it in their uh, in their favor. So, you know, that's going to be another kind of pick em series. And then this Minnesota uh, Canucks uh, series will also be interesting only to see uh, if the Canucks youth has progressed as much as we think it has, uh, you know, with the like the likes of Bo Horvat and with um uh, with the with the uh, Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes. Thank you. I'm like, which which uh, Hughes brother is it? But yeah, Quinn on the back end. You know, we'll see if they've matured enough, if their game has grown enough um, to beat a more veteran laden team. Because you know, Eric Stahl um, could light fire for a series. That's that's the interesting thing is this reset on this. Um, on the rest of the season um, really gives um, an advantage to older players who have had um, success in the past and who can take over series, you know, it gives them more rest going into, um, you know, an extended playoff. So I I think we're going to be very surprised at who comes out and it's going to be a dogfight each and every one of these series. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. You watch Vancouver's going to, the leader for for that whole series, Pedersen. Oh man, yeah. and he's been, he's like he's in Sweden, so he's been practicing. Hopefully, he'll be okay for uh for uh the playoffs or play-ins, whatever we're calling it, qualifying round. Uh, in the round robin for the West, again, the top four teams will play each other to decide playoff seating. Uh, St. Louis will try to will begin their defense of their Stanley Cup title. Uh, they will take on the Colorado Avalanche. The um, hey, if you didn't notice, the the Vegas Golden Knights pretty much touted themselves as the Pacific Division champions. Um, 
I'm sure that'll go well when they uh, unveil Eakin Way in a neighborhood down the road. Uh, and dude, the Vegas, okay, they're Pacific Division champions. Oh my God, we're so awesome! Uh, have you looked at the schedule? Had you not won that last game against Edmonton, Edmonton would be the Pacific Division champ. So, like, cool your heels, okay? If it, if the, if we had finished out this season, like Edmonton had three games versus the California teams on their books. Vegas had Detroit. Like everybody else, Vegas was playing was in the playoff hunt, whereas Edmonton had a much easier walk, not to mention, besides having the California teams, also had Ottawa on their schedule. So, like, Vegas, sure, you backed into a division title. Good for you. Again, three years. Act like you've been here. Oh, yeah. And Dallas is in, by the way. Yeah. Pavelski guy. Yeah, right? Just that Pavelski guy, number eight, uh, you know, magical magical guy but um you know we talk about vegas and you know again it's just so interesting to me how that organization props itself up it's got this inferiority complex to me where where it feels like it has to um uh, prove itself time and time again by going after more established franchises and, uh, you know, it's 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 an old, you know, it's an old trick at this point. You know, it, you even look at the way that their Twitter is kind of um, projected itself. And it's almost a complete ripoff of, of the way that the Kings, you know, the guys out of the Kings who who really had that snark, you know, the first kind of real team to bring snark to to Twitter. And they modeled themselves right after that. And they have no problem firing up the photocopier in copying different organizations and the way that they run things. And yet, you know, for whatever reason, they still have to fight this inferiority complex within themselves. So, you know what, for me as a Sharks fan, just get them bouncing round one and, and, you know, let them, you know, let them sit and think about that for a little while. Well, Vegas, let me ask you a question. How many cups has your head coach won? Crickets. Uh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And does he have his most success the first year he's with the franchise? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if uh, you don't get to the promised land this season, enjoy the next two to three years is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sleepy Mofo. Uh, I was just about to bring this up. Damn, first time in a long time when no California team is in the playoffs. It goes back to 1996, the last time that it that there were no California teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It'll be the second time in nearly 11 years that a California team will play in the Western Conference Final, for that matter, too. Dude, last 16 postseason, 12 Conference Finals appearances, five Stanley Cup Final appearances, three titles for California. It's almost like we're the state of hockey, isn't it? <laughs> Just from a pro's perspective, I mean, considering how many uh, minor league teams that are are in here now, it's it's it goes to show how much it's grown for sure. So that's the playoff format. Uh, as we said, the the f- the qualifying round will be five games. The quote unquote first round, once the teams get moved in, we don't know if it's going to be seated or bracketed. Uh, we'll wait for the league to uh, officially unveil that. That would be a five to seven game series. Uh, AJ, correct me if I'm wrong. So the so the guys are supposedly going to report. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say I always correct you when you're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> but mid June, that's his job. 
yeah, <laughs> that's that's what he's good for to about to help me out. Uh, Mid June, the guys are supposed to report back. They can do some some minimal training, and then like July first is roughly around the time that they would begin camp. So we're kind of looking at a, a mid July to early August start. So uh, happy birthday, Puck Mom! We might be watching playoff ho- or playoff hockey uh, on your birthday. But uh, we used to say uh, we you have some sort of plan uh, in place. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't include the San Jose Sharks, who of course we kind of saw the season end with it there, which I think, AJ, I think it's come to mercifully in end that, uh, you know, um, unless they were, hey, if they put out a 31-team playoff, I my goodness, would we would we even say, even show up? <laughs> I mean, it, as bad as the season was this year, you'd almost sit there and go, anything could happen at this point if it was 31. But Look, it's, it's. I still like the fact that it's like the season is now officially over, which I got a huge kick out of. Uh, I think we all knew that for the most part when it came to the Sharks. Um, and, oh, man, I wish I could remember what I saw on Twitter. It was fantastic. Oh, it was. Uh, so Doug Wilson, GM of the Sharks, did a conference call today with the media. And the funny thing is, is that one of his quotes from that was something along the lines of, you know, we, we expect something about expecting to be in the playoffs next year. What was he going to say? You know, like, oh, no, we're, dude, we learned our lesson. We're tanking next season. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to say? So, I mean, and if you don't make the playoffs, then, you know, then what? And will fans like me, who hate the Eric Carlson deal, are we finally going to be like, you know what? Okay, maybe they had a point. Because there is a contingent of people that are diehard EK65 defenders that, you know, and, it's, and that's fine. You can, ha- I'm not here to change your mind. I'm just telling you what I think. Right. Uh, but we'll, we'll be able to judge that contract in another two seasons. Just saying, if you went out and got this guy and everything, and he was supposed to be this franchise altering guy, well, the, the, the proof's in the pudding. You know, and it's again, is he a, 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 a guy that you want on your team because he's dynamic and everything? Sure. OK, fine. But I don't think you need two of those guys on one team. Uh, and the thing is, he eats up so much cap. Again, you look at it. Second in scoring a season ago this year, like 28th, 29th. Roughly that. And, and what did you do? Well, you let three guys that made 112 points last year walk away. Now, I always have to say this. I am not saying by any stretch of the imagination that Doug Wilson should have kept any or all of Pavs, Nyquist, and Donskoy. My point is, is that the $11.5 million go a long way in replacing that offense you let walk out the door. Look at the right side. Nyquist gone. Righty. Donskoy gone. Righty. Pavs can play the right wing. What did you end up with? LeBanc and Barracuda players. And how'd that work out for you? No, so I, you're going to have to fill up the right side. And what money are you going to do it with? No, you're, you're absolutely right. I think you have to have to look at not only the, the monetary um, handcuffs that this place is on the franchise, but I also think we are not paying attention as much to the locker room chemistry argument as well. 
I think that, you know, EK65 and Evander Kane to some extent coming in and, and getting contracts that they did not earn as Sharks, not saying that they didn't earn it with their play, but they definitely didn't earn it by being here long term um, prior to this. Uh, that rubbed some people the wrong way in the organization. And I think that that has a little bit more to play than, you know, we want to give that credit to. Um, I mean, and, and we saw it throughout the entire season of the guys uh, body language on the bench, you know, being very depressed. Um, you know, we saw it in, you know, little bickering that we saw here and there on the bench, um, oh, there was talk that there was no one had heard as much bitching, moaning, and complaining and bickering as they heard on the Sharks bench this season. Right. And, and you know, Eric Carlson is a superstar player. I don't think anybody will will deny that, especially in his prime. But did that come and go, I think, is, is one question for me. Did his, is, has his prime already gone? See, and, it's so funny you bring that up. Right. Because there was a quote today by Doug Wilson that said about Eric Carlson saying something about, you know, we're really happy to have a player in Eric Carlson coming into his prime. And I'm like, coming in? How many 30-year-olds you know that are just coming into their prime? No, prime is like 27 to 32. Like, if right. you were to say in the middle of his prime, fine. Although injury, injury history would dictate otherwise. But I just... I got a kick out of that, and I'm going. And, and and the whole thing is, look, I I understand that's part of his job. He's got to sell the franchise. He's got to sell the moves. He's got to sell tickets. But there is a contingency of fans too that are perhaps a bit more informed that hear something like that, and they go, "Okay, pal." Yeah, I mean, look for every, you know, for every Joe Pavelski on a on a weird, um, you know, as far elevation of their play in their 30s, you know, there are 10 guys that show us the traditional type of prime that we see where it is from ages 25 through, let's say, 32, where they really maximize the the point totals, where they really uh, maximize their impact on the ice. Um, you know, like I said before, for every Joe Pavelski who bucks that trend, there are 10 that don't. And and Eric Carlson could definitely be a player who is a more traditional type player. I mean, this is a guy that's gone through an Achilles injury, guys. I mean, he spliced his Achilles right off the, the you know, the rear of his foot. I mean, he's had weird groin issues, you know, connective tissue issues. These are not you know, inconsequential and they add up over time. So again, uh, right in line with you, AJ, I mean, when they gave that contract out and they looked at the medical history and they go, well, those sure, let's don't make really... him the highest paid defender in the league. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I am a, am a Doug Wilson fanboy for the most part, but I got to question some of his actions. Just, just looking at this objectively, not even coming from a from a fanboy either side of this Doug Wilson argument or Eric, uh, Eric Carlson argument, just looking at it factually and objectively, there are there are major questions that that needed to be answered in the in the previous offseason that weren't that continued to this day, 
and I don't think that they've ever been really addressed. And quite frankly, this could be the biggest whiff of his career, DW, uh, insofar as, as, as the contract that he just handed out, more so than the Jones contract, because this is for longer time, for more money, and handcuffs the franchise going forward. You're, you're, you're absolutely on the Eric Carlson train wherever that's going. If it's going to heaven or if it's going to hell, you're, you're saddled up. Well, if you go back, if memory serves, a couple seasons ago, it was reported that in some of the post-game, or I shouldn't say post-game, the end-of-the-season exit interviews, if you will. And I'm not sure if it was Couture, but I remember there being a quote that came out about it that said uh, that, that a player felt like he had coworkers, not teammates. There were people that just came in, did you know the minimum or do whatever, and then they were out. There wasn't team chemistry. There wasn't that camaraderie that maybe they're used to from other locker rooms. And you lose a guy who was absolutely beloved in Pavelski, and you bring in this polarizing personality in Carlson. And what did you see happen? A bunch. Now, of course, losing is you're going to get people probably maybe bitching, pissing, and moaning and complaining a lot more than they would if they were winning. Obviously, we all know winning cures everything. But that's just tough to see that you've done this work. And then Jones, Martin Jones is saying, you know, we didn't come together. In fact, when things got rough, we actually splintered. So what does that tell you? I mean, again, I I'm not saying you should have kept Pavelski at that price at that term or whatnot, but man, there's a lot to be said for what that guy did leading an example on the ice, but being the key person in the room. You know, dare I say it, this might be the biggest uh, uh, locker room upset that we've seen since the stripping of the C from Joe Thornton. You know, this could, this, we could be witnessing you know, some of the most contentious locker room issues that this franchise has seen since since the the jumbo strip of the sea. Um, and, and it took a season of losing. It took uh, one John Scott to kind of help repair that locker room in some uh, in some way to kind of bridge that gulf. Do we need uh, to start evaluating the morale and just the locker room makeup because bring in Tony Robbins. <laughs> well, I mean, a motivational speaker he's got to make up his dates at, at the tank anyways. So, right. So yeah. you might as well. I mean, it's it, again, it's the whole thing. It's like, if you hear it from one person, you might sit there and go, well, okay, maybe that person knows a little something. Then you hear it from somebody else. Maybe there's something further to it than that. But it's like you had, the guys on NHL Sirius talking about it. You have Brian Burke talking about it. Uh, it's well publicized. John Scott talking to like, <laughs> you know, he didn't want to throw people under the bus, but it's kind of well known who he's kind of tight with. And those guys were all kind of not having a, the best things to say about Carlson. And it's just the vibe that I get when I've seen him at practice and whatnot. He, is he a talented player? Absolutely. Does he come off like a sensational diva? Absolutely. At least, oh, yeah. my, you know, and that's my opinion. But that's, no, I, that's just what I see. I, I I totally agree with you with you, AJ. I think uh, it was kind of interesting because my mom, who you know is a diehard Sharks fan just like us, but you know maybe doesn't understand quite the ins and outs. The first thing she said was, "Boy, his play on the ice is so much like a prima donna." 
You know, he 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 wants the puck in certain areas. If he doesn't get it, then he gets, you know, upset and he bitches and he complains. Um, you know, it, he it expects was, others uh, to adapt to his style rather than adapting to other people. He expects an entire team to adapt to him versus him adapting to a brand new team. And that yeah. could have been from, from, from his time in auto where he was the, focus. well, he was the man, he was King. Right. Shit. Right. Sorry. Lane. And, and yeah, no. And, and, and so, you know, maybe, maybe that's the issue is that he's so accustomed to playing in one style in one way that, you know, that going to a more team oriented play and a, and a more, uh, you know, a style that is more up tempo, that is more team focused. It's we're, we're talking about attacking in five man units um, with the Sharks versus you know kind of more individual isolation play that Ottawa, you know, showed. Maybe that's just not a good fit for him. And, and post post jerks comment, dude. I, I about to. First <laughs> off, hockey mom. I think that's Landy's mom, right? Yeah, that's uh, mom. The super chat donation appreciate it goes to help the show and all the costs to do it but uh hockey jerk saying uh who's that guy in the middle i'm new <laughs> it's been a while it's been a while landy you doing all right bud yeah yeah you know i'm, I'm doing okay <laughs> i battled through uh through a pretty bad infection early when we got this lockdown or order i was running about 103 fever and um you know good Did you ever get tested no, I didn't get tested. They told me it was a sinus infection, just a really bad infection. But I don't know, man. I, I had some of the worst stomach pains that I've ever gone through, and and it it was it was bad. It was bad, and um, you know that would kind of wipe me out for for a few weeks there. Um, and you know, just trying to trying to keep um, you, you know stay in hermit mode as much as I can. Mom's got diabetes, so. You know, she's on one of those uh, on on the list of of people who have got pre-existing conditions, and you know this thing could could give them a world of hurt. So, you know, we've been trying to you know kind of stay sheltered as much as we can. Um, but man, I have been chomping at the bit for something to watch, yeah. some sports. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, they did they did the season wrap with you know Kendall and Hetty and Han and Bakes, uh, <laughs> their quote unquote season in review. What, how, how do you fix this mess? Seems like the collective thought is job one is Martin Jones. Or or I shouldn't say Martin Jones. The job one is fixing goal the goaltending. And for me, I disagree. I For me, it's the offense. You Again, you went from second in scoring to almost bottom, you know, to the, to the basement. Your plus minus, or I'm sorry, not plus minus, your goal differential was nearly the worst in the league. Like... Now, the, of course, that does have a bit to do with goaltending, but when you've got players that are serving it up on a platter in the slot with no one helping you out, you know, like that goes, you know, that helps. But then again, you know, this is the same tandem that you had that a year ago got you to the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, how absolutely horrible can they be? Uh, and we saw that Martin Jones over that final month of this last season actually posted some decent numbers after he got a little bit of rest because remember Martin Jones hockey player has played more hockey than anybody in the last five years. That's going to take a toll. It's going to be taxing, but you get him that work with Nabby. He had a little bit of time off. He came back. He seemed a little bit more engaged, a little bit more refreshed, but again, this is a situation where the sharks were splintered. So, you know, when when you don't have any confidence in what the guys in front of you are going to do, 
or you're, you know, you're, you're just not on the same page. It's going to be tough to be the man. I mean, I give, well, based on the contract alone too, I think you give Jones one more shot. Do you find somebody else? Do you look at a Thomas Grice? Perhaps. Do you look at, I mean, would you rush up Melnichuk just because the finances dictated it because you've got a flat cap or Cornosh or something? I mean, I just, I get to the whole thing. It's like, where, where, unless you move somebody out, where do you find the money to make the changes you need? And we all know Vlasic, full, no move. Uh, and, and then Burns modified, but he can name off the three teams. And if he wants to stay, you know, he's going to name off, uh, you know, t- three teams that aren't going to want him, don't want to do a deal, none of that stuff. I just don't understand where you start this whole thing. I feel like the de- money that he's put on defense, Doug Wilson, uh, has just handcuffed him for the future, uh, at least the near future, until you can move one of those guys. And I hate how circular this argument is because we do have to go back to the way that he allocated the money. And and, and you have to look at the contract situation and, and what – you know, moves are available to the Sharks. Not much. You know, I'm I'm looking and I'm scratching my head. Like, how are you going to fit all of these things that you need? Because you're you're at least two top six forwards short, right? I mean, I think at a bare yeah. minimum you need two top six forwards, uh, preferably right wingers, maybe a center slash right winger, whatever. Well, you've but got it, Couture, Hurdle, Meyer, and Kane. You have four of six. Now, right. Jerk and I were talking about it earlier today. You know, can you work out a deal with Winnipeg and say, hey, Ellers, Burns, let's make a deal. You guys need defense. We need offense. They're making close to the same amount of money. If the Sharks maybe retain a mil a year for those deals, if you can get that, just saying. You make a good point with Burns in that case. But uh, and here's the other thing, and I mentioned it to you guys before. <laughs> but is Burns going to waive? To go to Winnipeg. <laughs> or does, or yeah, exactly. But here's the other thing. The same thing went, uh, when Heatley was traded to Minnesota for Havlat. Um, you know, does DW have some, have a little bit of a window to make a move like that? Does it include with a Vander Kane? Does it include like Vlasic? Or, I mean, if he has those and he can finagle it somehow, you know, he he might pull pull this thing off, but right now it's going to be tough to do anything. And if he's already preaching, we got to get back to the playoffs. I mean, something's going to give, and you can't go back That's into the I'm next saying. season with the, I, pretty much the same roster. One two or two things that do play in the Sharks' favor, which we haven't really highlighted too much on the show, is that. The Paul Martin buyout, which accounts for $1.4 million on the cap, will go away after this season. So that's $1.4 million you get back. The Brendan Dillon retained salary will also go away. So that's an additional $1.6 million that goes back on the cap. So you get an additional $3 million. Uh, and then we're talking about uh, Aaron Dell. Um, you know, the, the, that signing comes off of the books as well. So that's another $1.9 million. Mm-hmm. So that's about 4.9 million that you've got to play with. Plus um, two million for Melker. I don't think he's coming back. There's got to be. If you can't find a guy, you know Melker's 29. If you can't find a guy in your system to do what Melker does for you, you've drafted and developed 
very poorly. But that's practically the entire San Jose Barracuda roster. You've got to find one of those guys that can do what Melker does. Right. And then, I mean, of course, you also got to got to factor in okay you got to resign stefan nason uh, if that's gonna happen gotta have that happen but yeah. yeah see but the whole thing is that what you're saying though that's filling out the bottom six right no no you're exactly right and and so it, it this this situation that dw has placed himself is so precarious because one you know one free agent signing that isn't good can ruin this whole thing I mean, right? I mean, if let's say that they go and find a, a plugger, and and they gave them, you know, like a six point six million dollars across three years, right? And and you've just spent two point two million dollars on one player, that's already too much. I mean, you've already you've already disturbed, um, you know, the balance that that the that the roster, whatever balance or semblance of balance that the roster has, you're already upsetting the the apple cart, so to speak. So. You know, again, we, we talk about why why do we hound on this contract? It's because it's it's how much that this has skewed the structure of the defense. I mean, when you've got oh boy, nineteen million, twenty six million dollars tied up in three players on the defense, that's something wrong. That that that's just wrong. You can't do that in in this cap based system and not pay a price on your forward core. And, Not and to mention Shimmick is getting a raise next season. Shimmick getting a raise too, and then of course you got to think about um, you know the players that will also be getting new contracts. Um, you know, and, and sure, yeah, you, you have a lot of ELCs or you got have a lot of young guys who are going to get maybe a mil, maybe nine hundred thousand. But hell, every you know every thousand dollars that you spend over you know to keep a player is is again money that could be going back into that top six and we saw this year that the top six was so uh, lacking you know so devoid of talent um it 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 looks bad It, it looks bad well not a lot of talent but the other thing is that couture and hurdle did miss a significant amount of games can you know can they be uh a bit more sturdy, or I should say a little more lucky on the, when it comes to injuries. And, you know, Lacey talking about that true isn't uh, comparable to Melker. And I would totally agree with that. You know, you're going to look at Gregory, you're going to look at Blickfeld, you're going to look at Shellman. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm fine with that for your bottom six. Uh, it'd be nice if like, hello, uh, Gambrell, you're on the clock. If we could, you know, get your, get your act together. Again, I just I think that go, carton of milk's expired, though. To be quite honest with you guys, I I, I, just, I just go back that you still need to fill out the top six. Yeah. LeBanc right now is from you know from what we've all seen, ain't it? No. Uh, so it's you have four of your top six. You're going to have to move out a defensive piece to get a forward piece. Now, would I love Ellers and Burns in a in a swap? Absolutely, but. My whole thing is after years of DW coming out on top of a lot of blockbuster deals or big name deals, I feel like, you know, the 30 other GMs in the league have to know that Wilson's up against it, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You already have 66 million right now. They have 66 million uh, already at the cap. Uh, and you have, you have, you know, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight eight uh unrestricted free agents along with a 
lot of RFAs and it's arbitration eligible on on virtually all of them. It remains to be seen what's going to happen. And considering that the season is now over, they aren't going to play guys until maybe what December, maybe January. at the earliest at the or December. December at the earliest. Yeah, I mean, you know, fingers crossed and Jonathan Becker, you know, liked the tweet that, you know, opening night will be on my birthday. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's going <laughs> to be quite some time. Lacey in the chat, LeBanc played like a million-dollar player, unfortunately. No, I think he played <laughs> like I think he played like an overpaid player a little bit. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? This, this last season with LeBanc's contribution has also got me questioning his maturity level as well. Some of the... Some of the things that that has come out on social media, especially in and around his account, have have kind of left me scratching my head a little bit and and question the maturity um, that he has, especially as a as a player. So, uh, you know, there are a lot of questions surrounding the young kids for the Sharks, and uh, you know, we were we were hoping that Chekovich and Chemilevsky were going to were going to take some Do steps. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and nothing, nothing comes out of that. And and when you're banking on on those two guys coming up and taking minutes and not doing that, oh boy, it, it's just it, it's we're we're in a hell of a funk, guys, and and we're in a rock in a hard place. Look, look, have you ever gone to a casino and because I've done this from time to time, is uh, sometimes instead of just playing one hand of blackjack, they allow you to play two. Mm-hmm. Or they allow you to play three. It's basically as long as you keep increasing the bets on each one. You know what I mean? So it's like if it's $10 table, you can play two hands if it's 20 and 20. You know? And then same thing if you want to do another hand, so on and so forth. It is like Wilson played six hands at this table and didn't hit a goddamn one this season. It's like, <laughs> like seen- lost every single got 20s across the board the dealer's showing a five and wilson's like oh oh yeah we're doing this and of course <laughs> what happens dealer throws that undercard it's a six throws down a king boom game over for this it's like every i think there was also some splits in there too uh, aj yeah. i think he split some of those uh uh, you know, some of like, those blackjack hands and, it, and came short on both. <laughs> you expect like you expected Jones and Dell to bounce back from a subpar year. That didn't happen. You expected LeBanc betting on himself that he was going to like, you know, you typically like LeBanc might be the first player in NHL history to be in a contract year and not do better than the year before. Like you just <laughs> almost never see that. So it's like LeBanc stepped backward. Sorensen went backwards. 17 goals last year for him and LeBanc. Both went backwards. Timo off pace from last year. Hurdle, well, yeah, injuries and whatnot. But the, you expected Gambrell to take a step forward. Perhaps Suamela. Everybody regressed. Yeah. yeah. And like how, like literally all of the bets were off. The entire team splintered. And then you and then and then what do you uh, the goals against and every in the high danger chances allowed most expensive defense in the league and they like lead the the league in high danger chances allowed like do they understand they're being played paid to play defense for the sharks or right. are they playing for the other team? Right. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I think they might be. I think they might be offensive players for the other team there, AJ. Right. This is what I'm saying. And <laughs> and again, you know, like yeah, I'm not writing off um, Checo. I'm not writing off Shenlevsky. 
not just yet. You know, the, if we've seen other guys have those careers where it starts off, you know, it's a stutter or two, but then they find their rhythm. Right. Let's see what that ha- if that happens. But I just think it's so funny at the beginning of last season, Shemilevsky, Chekovic, uh, your Tankin, Blickfeld. These were names that were highly touted. And then Noah Gregor, out of kind of nowhere, is the one who like gets the most, you know, is the most impactful. And Joel Shellman, right? A, a guy yeah. who we got basically no info on, and and was, um, you know, kind of a kind of a add-in player at the last second. Um, <laughs> as Trick would say, chat, a guy. Dude, dude yeah, yeah, in the in the chat, uh, this is. Uh, yes, everybody regressed, but how much of of that was on them, and how much was on coaching? Which coach? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's (laughs) the other thing too. Yeah. This and they look how bad they regressed after the coaching change, right? I mean, you're supposed to get that injuries and whatnot. Well, I mean, but you still get that dead cat syndrome, right? Where where they they talk about how you know even a dead cat will will show signs of life when you inject a new coach, right? I mean. Uh, you know, that was supposed to happen, and, and what ended up happening, we go on an epic losing streak. I mean, I, you know, I, I think we can also talk about coaching, but again, circling back to locker room issues and, and just the, the kind of atmosphere that the that the team was playing in, trying to be reliant upon young guys or at least trying to hand off jobs, maybe handing off too quickly, but there wasn't enough of an atmosphere of of, of – bringing along players of inclusion, whatever have you, kumbaya, holding hands in the locker room, whatever you needed, but that didn't happen this well, year. It, you know should... what else that I think is kind of telling? Remember Brendan Dillon's last game at SAP? Dude, like, had to duck out of the interview because he was, like, yep. super emotional, cheering up, just having a real difficult time struggling to get through the postgame interview. Like 36 hours later, he's a capital. He's in Washington. They ask him, how's it going? And he's like, oh, my God, this is awesome. I mean, the (laughs) kid was just jacked. And I'm kind of going, you know, do you flip that switch that fast? Like, yeah, you're going to be professional and you're going to sit there and go, "Yeah, well, I'm very happy to be with Washington and I look forward to helping the Capitals, blah, 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 blah. You're going to give the cliche. Right. But dude seemed hella jacked. And I'm, you know, and maybe this is me reading too much into it, but I'm almost kind of like, you know, maybe he was just like uh, happy to get out. Like uh, he saw the fractures and the fissures in the in in the locker room was just like, yeah, get me the hell out of Dodge. And I, I, I don't think that both. that's out of line. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that that's a that's a misread on that. I, I think Eric, you know, I think you're you're chiming in on the same way I'm thinking too. I I, I think that it's all of the above. Yeah, right. Everything I, broke so wrong. Yeah, I think he I think he missed because there was that camaraderie in the in the Sharks locker room nothing nothing disrespectful about it but then i think when you get that breath of fresh air and to a team that's wanted and they wanted you and wanted you to be that finishing piece i mean that that gets you stoked i mean outside what what him and kovalchuk were the caps moves at the deadline i mean to be part of the guy that you know be the final piece to the puzzle i'd be stoked too i but at the same time though yeah, like uh, Aether Break uh, said, everybody regressed. But which was that on coaching? We guys mentioned it earlier. It's just, it was just everything. I mean, anything and everything that that could go down with the Sharks did. Now that being said, Joe Thornton, what what happens with him? 
I mean, I think it's Egon. almost, uh, it's almost certain that, that, you know, after what happened at the deadline, he's probably not coming back. However, Patty probably will. Well, <laughs> see, now here, here's the funny thing. Thornton was pissed that he didn't get traded. Yeah. He was pissed. So uh, he's seen what's going on. You know that at this point he's willing to like, he's going to play for the bare minimum for any team that will give him the bare minimum that he thinks is a contender. That's how I think that's going to roll. If somebody, if anybody comes in that remotely, remotely looks like a contender, I think Thornton is gone. Now, Marlowe, I'm, I just laugh at this because you go back to like last September or something like soon after he was bought out of, you know, with, with Carolina, it, like they, they asked, you know, so, uh, Doug Wilson, you know, Marlowe is there was, well, you know, he, he'll always be a shark and all the cliche stuff. We appreciate what he did for us, but we feel it's time to move on one, three game, three losses, four losses. Boom. Look who's back. <laughs> and then on his way out of town to Pittsburgh, Wilson is part of that after six months earlier saying, I think we're finally beyond the Marlowe era all of a sudden is already essentially guaranteed that Marlowe will be rock and teal next season. But it all, let's be honest, it's because we want to sell that merch because he's going to set the record for games played. Yep, right. And you want him doing that in a teal sweater. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think I, I see the same, the same kind of tea leaves that you're seeing here, AJ, uh, as far as jumbo is concerned, I think that if Jim Nil you know, phones them up and like, hey, you know what? We want to give you the bare minimum, but you can come play with Pabs. You, Dude, you I think if Jim Montgomery a... calls up, he's going to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but I, you know, I, I think something that um, was interesting that the that the Toronto media was was kind of saying was that, um, you know, Joe, Joe Thornton's a guy who needs to be integrated at the beginning of a training camp. Right. He He's not really a player that is is able to come in especially during on like a trade deadline deal or whatever and, and just plug and chug he's, he's kind of not that kind of a player you have to kind of tailor you know a line around him you kind of have to to understand what his assets are and, and how his usefulness as a player this point in his career you know and that's going to take some juggling um of pieces so i definitely think that there are going to be some suitors in the off season for joe thornton and I think he wants to play for a cup, guys. I, I don't see that being different. And I think he's also seen the dysfunction in San Jose now that this new era has been brought upon us, you know, with these with these contractual obligations now with these new players. I you know, I would not be surprised to see him leave. And and I think I I, I think a reunion with Joe Pavelski might be in the cards. I mean, if Dal- if that's something Dallas wants, we'll see. I like Lacey's comment that, you know, a year ago Thornton was yeah. quoted follow- like following Locker clean out where he's like, oh, you know, I'm a shark for life. I'm not going anywhere type of a deal. I wouldn't go to another team. And, you know, circumstances change, man. When I I think when Thornton says that, of course, he also if I if 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 memory serves when Joe Thornton said those words, Pavelski was still on the Sharks. Yep. <laughs> you know, Eric Carlson had not signed any extension. Who knows where Thornton's mind was at the time, but f- you know, from everything that was that you read about and heard, Thornton was was ticked that he wasn't moved. Yeah. So again, it, you know, okay, Marlowe 
signs for the minimum, sure, because they're going to, it wouldn't even, it would not surprise me if the Sharks were to, if when the schedule comes out, blah, 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 and you work it out mathematically, if Marlowe plays every single game, what game will he break that record? And I would, it would not surprise me, like if it's in the middle of the road trip, that Marlowe miraculously gets healthy scratched for a couple games so it can happen <laughs> at SAP Center. But yeah, he's also I mean, got that streak going, too. The Iron Man streak, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah wh- I, which one do you think is more important? Do you, do you go into the Hall of Fame with an Iron Man streak or having played the most games in NHL history? You tell me. Yeah, that's true. So NHL, <laughs> wait, let, let's put it out there because they've screwed the Sharks a couple of times before. So the NHL schedule makers, you know how you, you, you oh, it was an accident that the Sharks played the Kings on the whole the opening night after the the sharks got reverse swept okay thinking your brain you know he's coming back I and mean, it's not on the dotted line but you know he's going to come back make sure that game's in san jose and, all yeah. and hopefully fans will be back by then i know you touched it up on the technologist about everything that that the sharks are looking into on that part so uh guys i th- uh, uh, guys, I think that will do it for us in, in this edition. Oh, uh, we're not talking about the draft. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> right. Hey, let's, well, let's, you know, let's drag our, our nuts through some more broken glass. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, uh, let me get this straight. My bad. Uh, so, Ottawa has a better chance of getting number one than the worst team in the league. Partly yep. thank you to the Sharks. Yeah. Well, it's because it's, what, 25% to 18? Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you add up second and third. Right. Uh, so. Yeah. And how they have it set up. And and AJ, correct me if I'm wrong, because you usually do anyways. But um, it, That's all right, because Jerk usually corrects me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's, goes he's got to feel important, and he's got to feel proud sometime. But, but Come here's, on the, here's the thing. You know, Pittsburgh or Edmonton could go out in the first round and ha- still have a shot at getting the number one pick overall. And I tell you, if either one of those guys gets the number one pick, how pissed off are you with if you're Detroit? Oh, dude, you're. You, I think you're pretty pissed off. Now, granted, if I'm a Red Wings fan, I sit there and look, look back at the 90s very fondly and say that was a very fun time, and, you know, it's our turn to suck right now, but we'll get back and... At the very least, we have a beautiful new building that we can sit in, uh, at least once we're allowed to, again. Uh, But at least we have that, and we have a lot of banners and all of those types of things. So at least there's that. I can see this going to Ottawa, because number one, and and it's not going to be Ottawa's pick. It's going to be San Jose's pick. Oh, of course. You know it. Because that would be the cherry on the shit Sunday that was this season. So I can see that pick going that it's Ottawa's going to get the number one and it's going to be from San Jose's, you know, from that deal, because that would just that's so sharks. That's just yes. the way this would work out. Uh, I mean, who nobody got foreseen points on that, I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but I can see that happening. And um, and it to be fair, <laughs> you know, this is something that Ottawa, Ottawa kind of desperately needs, you know. They're they're not setting the world on fire. Haven't in quite some time, you know. Their their barn is out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they, you know, it's what was the last free agent that they like went out and they were actually able to acquire, right? I mean, 
you know, but have they? You can right. say the same <laughs> thing about the Sharks. Well, I mean, at least the Sharks have gotten, you know, key players to stay. Ottawa hasn't even been able to do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got Thornton, you've got Boyle, you've got Burns, you know, you've, I mean, the San Jose has picked up some pretty top flight guys. You know, when you think about Ottawa, I, I don't know uh, what, <laughs> pick a name. I can't, to me, it's uh, Ottawa's just had like one of more, Ottawa and Florida have had some of the most forgetful rosters I've ever heard of. Yeah. Like if there's some people and I'm like, they played for Ottawa? God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, who is now what in the K or or uh, no? Wherever. I he's, think oh, he's boy, not in the matter. NHL anymore. He's not playing on uh, in North America. That's all I care about. Right. No, he's yeah, he's he's gone for greener pastures in in Europe. And uh, uh, gosh, I mean, uh, again, what? I just I go back. How much more could have the premium been on? on the pick if it was lottery protected for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like how much different is that trade if you just lottery protect that damn pick? But show me show me the one person, show me the tweet from back in the day that says Wilson's going to regret not lottery protecting this. No one thought that that would have anything to do with this year's draft. And and, and even and even if if it wasn't lottery protected you know, if they win the cup, we're not we're we're not even bitching about this at all. Yeah, I I I could see that argument. I think if if you're a if you're a short short term, uh, you know, and not mean short term, but if you're if you're a fan that is you know just has passing interest in the Sharks or whatever, and we win a Stanley Cup. You're not concerned about what comes next year or two years from now. You just care that you won the thing. But, I mean, well, the Sharks alter- are... Oh, alternate universe. Alternate universe. Okay. Last season, Sharks win the Cup. Are, and- Mar- are Marlo, Thornton, and Carlson on this team this season? If the Sharks win the Cup, Joe retires, I think Pat- probably Patrick retires i'd say carlson is given the deal uh that he signed today because you know he he's won a cup here but he also is going to be well taken care of and i think for him that's the most important thing is that he's got term and that he's well taken care of um because i I think that that's his priorities and maybe not so much the team around him but we'll save that for later um and so where do the sharks fall i think even still i think that if you re-rolled the dice on the same roster that you had this year i don't see how they could be any worse than than, than what they did right now i mean like i said so many things broke the wrong way this season i think you're at least middle of the pack if you re-rolled the dice just one more time on the if you brought the whole thing over again I, I think you wouldn't have ended up this bad. I think it's it's just a confluence of things that that made it bad, and I think decisions, um, you know, with long term impacts also are are kind of rearing their ugly head right now. And and I think it was just a confluence of of, of things to come about. And so, uh, you know, I, I, again though, I just whenever you whenever you play around with the first round pick. 
you need to always have it protected, whether or not you just well, won the no, Stanley but, Cup or not. But my question had nothing to do with the pick. Like that, no, that was just, that was already gone when you got Carlson as basically right. a rental. Right. But no, my whole thing is I just don't know if Wilson gives Carlson that deal after you just won the cup because you know you're going to get a little bit of afterglow from your fans on that one that you finally won one. So maybe that allows Wilson the time to get Merkley up here so you don't need to spend all that capital on Carlson and you can do something else at the front. I do think Thornton rides off into the sunset if they would have won it all last year. And, you know, Marlowe would have been on Toronto watching from, you know, across the, the U.S. Yeah. So uh, who knows if Marlowe would have come back this season. I don't know. But I do think Thornton would have, you know, said, finally, all right, I'm solidified. HOF, boom, first ballot, I'm out. Mic drop. I don't know if they, if they would have signed the Carlson deal. Or maybe Doug Wilson plays hardball yeah. and says, no, I'm not giving you 11 and a half. But, you know, if you if you want to try to get I'll give you the eight years because I'm the only one who can give you the eighth year. So I'll give you that. But maybe I'm going to do, you know, nine and a half mil or nine mil. Like what, what's Dowdy making? What's Dowdy making? Eleven. Christ, that, that doesn't help. No, I would say Roman I Yossi, I think, signed it like a nine, nine mil per roughly yeah, around the, that the, angle. Yeah, no, I think that the, the Yossi deal is a good comparable. Um I mean, I'm not a fan of like hyperbole and like you know. All yeah, the, no, of course. Yes, but I've I've always kind of thought like, boy, if they just pull that off, you're not even talking about Thornton. You might not even be talking about Carlson at this point. And maybe after 16, 17 years, Doug Wilson says, "Okay, I've finally done it. All right, who wants to GM this shit now?" <laughs> you know, what I mean? <laughs> hands off the keys. Doug and goes, Wilson Next. Jr. Yeah, oh, right. Nepotism as at, at its finest. Oh God, yeah, I gotta see some more out of him before they hand off the reins. So yeah, June twenty right. sixth is when the draft lottery takes place. Uh, if a spot that will be held by a team that's going to be playing in the play-in round uh, gets it, then they will have phase two of the of the draft lottery. Uh, that'll be in between the qualifying round and the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That will be quite interesting, and like we said, like a team like Edmonton and a team like Pittsburgh uh, could potentially double dip uh, if uh, they uh, fall apart in the qualifying round. So it remains to be look seen with that one. Look for the cold envelope. Right, the weighted envelope. Wow, why is yeah. there so much oil on this on this one? Yeah. <laughs> or, or dude, or, if Edmonton gets it. Holy shit. It's how many number one picks are you guys going to get? Well, well, here, I'll ask you guys this really quick. What would be the worst case scenario? The, the Sharks spot gets picked number one or L.A. or Anaheim get number one? It's got to be the Sharks. It's got to be the Sharks for me. No, I, th I think, um, dude, L.A.'s got a lot of stuff in the pipeline, dude. Like, yeah, I think they're going to be back in a couple sneaky of years. good. Sneaky yes. good. Like, the last thing you want to do is throw another log on that fire that's starting to, to, to get out of hand. Uh, An Anaheim, I still think, has uh, – I think they're still on a downward slope. Uh, I think Getzloff, you know, the, they need Getzloff to sign another deal. There's a couple other pieces. Raquel, you know, Raquel, god damn, if you were just a righty. Oh, my God, I'd be looking at Raquel hard. But uh, Yeah, what's happening with Ryan Kessler as well, right? Oh, I mean, the whole – 
oh. team F that guy. Yeah, but uh, no, I think L.A. that that would kind of hurt. But no, I've already, dude, I'm already on paper. If Ottawa doesn't take, you know, if it happens and they get two and three, who's to say that they don't try to make a deal to trade up to get if they want, you know, Lafreniere that harsh? Maybe they make a deal, but uh, dude, I'm just give me my foreseen points now, dude. The Ottawa pick that the Sharks own, or the Sharks pick that the Ottawa Senators own, that's going to be your number one because that's just there's no other way this horrific season can end. I am yeah. right with you on that. That no, is... I, yeah, no, I, I, I think we're all in agreement there, guys. I, I think it will be a franchise altering pick in the wrong way i mean i think it'll be it'll be franchise altering for the, the fact that the sharks don't get access to that pick it'll be franchise altering for the whatever team will pick that number one overall lafanier is is, is going to be a really really dynamite player dude i'm so confident in this i'm like this close to like already <laughs> ordering like a, a, a sharks jersey 20 on the back lafreniere but just sharks jersey lafreniere and just 20 for the 20 for the 2020 pick. Yeah, should we all go to <laughs> Vegas and bet on can we bet on draft results is that a thing yet? How can it not be? I I, I won't be surprised if they they say uh pick the team that they'll have will get covid. <laughs> and, uh, if if we if we're hey guys, if they're if they're you know going to bet on what color Gatorade the 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 Super Bowl winning coach is going to get dunked with, you know that's probably coming up themselves. Yeah, well, I wouldn't. It, I don't think it would be a bad idea then to place some money on that being a Sharks pick, you know, first overall going to Ottawa. So, all right. Anything else, guys? Open thoughts, final uh, thoughts. Well, I mean, now that they finally, <laughs> thank you, finally putting a bow on this whole thing and actually officially canceled games. Uh, now I got to get on Ticketmaster and get some refunds up in this bitch. But um, <laughs> yeah, now they finally cancel the games and everything like that. Uh, chances are, <laughs> unless something miraculous happens between now and the beginning of whenever everything gets going again, uh, I th- I got to talk to the to the to to the guy and the ga- and the gal. But uh, I think we're probably we might we've been doing puck knowledges every other week while all this has been going on. We're scheduled to do it not this Sunday, but next Sunday. Chances are we may just push it up to this Sunday now that this is all complete and then be off until something miraculous happens. <laughs> but um, who knows? But that being said, uh, some interviews come will, are still going to be try to get in the can, if you will. So Definitely. there will be some more somewhat Sharks content. And remember... <laughs> We have a new Seattle franchise name to look forward to being revealed. <laughs> we we potentially have at least one new San Jose Sharks jersey to look forward to being revealed. Who knows when that's going to happen? Perhaps a 30th anniversary logo or stuff like that. There's a lot to look forward to in that regard. And, uh, and I'm quite sure I would bet money that Sometime between now and the start of next season, there will be a couple screw-ups by fanatics that I'll be able to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Just put that out there. Uh, He's not wrong, folks. He's not wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, It'll be grateful uh, for us. Hit that like button as well. Of course, hit that notification bell because we just 
you know, we might just jump on. Guys, gals, let's be real here. We have six and a half months to kill. And my God, it's already been just three and, and we're already losing the case. I mean, like AJ said on Technologist the other night, oh, I've been wanting to get on the air so badly because I want to talk hockey. It's that itch you just need to scratch. Right? So, yeah, you know, and I can't say in witness protection, you know, all of this time. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, with that, uh, Landy, good to see you. Your final thoughts on where the people can find you? Um, my final thoughts are this. Uh, this needs to be a season in which the organization needs to really reflect upon its core values, uh, upon the players that uh, it's brought in, and if those players adhere to the core values of the Sharks, um, because the the locker room I think is 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 fractured and, and needs to kind of come together and and recoalesce going into the next season. And then the Sharks also need to do their best in um, providing support for young their young up-and-coming players um, they need to reinvest in places that they can because you know let's face it they can't they can't spend a lot because they're of their cap issues but they can spend money in other places like upgrading facilities like uh, you know going out and in redoing the scouting staff or going out and and really adding to uh, to the development staff um, these are things that the Sharks can address. These are things that the Sharks should address. And I hope that they that they take this, um, you know, not being placed inside this 2014 playoff as a slap on the face. And, and they really take a cold, hard look at themselves and, and ask, what the F are we doing? Um, because 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 quite frankly, th this is this is a, an organization that's lost its way a little bit. So. You know, for me, my final thoughts are control what you can control and, um, and you know, go forward from there. Um, as far as where you can find me, you can find me using my first name. That's Eric spelled with a K, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all of the social media garbage. Um, you know, like I said, I've spent the last three months in witness protection, so uh, I'll be venturing out on the interwebs. And uh, come find me. Come talk hockey. Come talk, you know, just about anything. And, uh, and yeah, uh, that's it for me. All right. AJ, uh, always good to chat with you. Your final thoughts? Wish I could say the same. <laughs> Your final uh, thoughts in where the people can find you. Uh, final thoughts. I think you consider, <laughs> if you go back to the 14-15 season, the Sharks brought in John Scott to kind of protect the youth, to make sure they weren't messed with as they were developed and, and brought along. I think maybe you consider uh, a similar course of action. You bring in John Scott uh, to protect <laughs> to protect Eric Carlson from not from the rest of the team not beating the crap out of him. I think that, that, that's something you could think about. Uh, no. um, you, know. you screwed up one of your own players out there, but on the other hand, you screwed up one of your own players out there. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. So again, I, I'm. I have a feeling that this is going to get worse before it gets better. Unfortunately, I think we're going to see the first time in what 20 years that the sharks are going to consecutive consecutive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two straight seasons where they missed the playoffs. I used to know how to say consecutive. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, but I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Unless Wilson can figure out how to move one of these fat ass contracts out again, burns for Ellers. Make it happen. Captain. 
uh, AJ Strong, AJ underscore Strong on the social media, and there you go. <laughs> Dalton Proud. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Tyler, really quick thoughts on the 2021 season going to be a full season truncated. The, the league is full gung-ho about trying to get a full season in, even if it's in December or January. They need the cash. Uh, so Unless you want a retracted gap. Yeah. and that I, I want to see how many summer months that we hand out a cup. Yeah. <laughs> One's yeah. going to be handed out in, what, September this year? Maybe August next next season? We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm at PuckGuy14 on the Twitter, the Instagram, and, of course, now on, on the TikTok. We'll, we'll see about that. In case you <sighs> miss anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, including Apple, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it, you love it. And for now, for all of us here, including the ones that are still in witness protection, I am at Pucke14. The <laughs> the conversation will continue on Discord, and we appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>